0: Hello and welcome to The Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody, welcome to The Camping Crew Podcast.
1: I'm Aaron Burchell And I'm Chris Byrne.
0: As always, this is meant to be a fun podcast. We are just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. However, we do look
1: into a couple of topics that you ask us to look into. If you'd like to support us on a podcast and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew
0: so as always with every episode and episode 94 is no different we start off with news what news have we got this week chris
1: yeah so just a, a quick uh, informational uh, news i suppose for people the motorhome parking ireland app got a a bit of a big upgrade there um this week so if you want to check that out on ios and android um and I think you'll find some of the upgrades uh, have been very good. If you want to learn more about the app, if you haven't used it before, just go to motorhomeparkingireland.com. It'll tell you about the app before you install it. But there's some nice new features um, on that app. So definitely worth downloading. It's got great free features and you can also pay and bump it up for some premium features as well, which I do and it's well worth it.
0: And it's a a nominal fee, isn't it? Like it's not like anything like 10 euro or anything like that you'd have to pay to buy the full version.
1: Yeah, it works out about five something for a whole year, like which is great, you know. There's some new pricing tiers as well. So if you only want to get it for a short while, you can do that as well. So some ni- nice, good features and it's a great little app. It's the one I go to when I want to learn about a, a new campus you know.
0: And now, last week we mentioned about um, a nice look at county councils talking about opening proposed overnight camping. It was in County Clare, I think, last year. But we've got some more news about the same subject again.
1: Yeah, I think it was Tralee, there was some new proposed uh, parking tree. This one uh, is about Formoy. There's a web page called uh, avandoopress.ie. I think it might be a local newspaper or something, but they mentioned that plans could see a new park for Formoy to facilitate growing campervan holiday market. So I'll give a, a bit of a, a review of that. So Councillor Franco Flynn introduced a motion um, asking that the municipal district would look at designating overnight parking for motorhomes. He said this was needed to meet the increased demand due to the growing number of camper vans and motorhomes on the road. He said, I've got numerous requests from people over recent years, but there's been greater increases last year where people are staying locally and there's been an explosion in camper van sales. So hopefully, look, look, um, more councils will uh, will, will, see the, the benefit of that and um, as we, we always say we'll take every camper van space we can and I, I think there is
0: actually a campsite in Fermoy if I'm not mistaken now with the motorway I haven't been in Fermoy in years, I can get to Cork in minutes but when you come down into Fermoy I'm nearly sure there was a camper park on the right hand side run by the county council i've never stayed in blackwater valley yes i think so right in the heart of the town and it's right on the river and it looks i've never stayed in it but please god look the fact that they're talking about it eventually well one or two things will happen they get sick of talking about it and do something or they'll just get sick of talking about it but the fact that it's being brought up at meetings it's noted it's minuted we're talking about it and fingers crossed
1: that's it. There seems to be a, a, a bit of traction, a bit more visibility now, which is great. And, you know, uh, I think there's a huge opportunity for the councils to attract more people when restrictions are lifted into the the towns and villages and, and cities across Ireland.
0: It's kind of a silver lining to this COVID thing that staycation has really taken off. OK, there's, there's plus and minuses to, to the number of vans and caravans and people that are are. are you know, looking for the facilities. But it's a silver lining, isn't it? I mean, you know, build it and they will come. And that, I think, is definite at this time of the year, that if they build something within the next year or so. And I think that
1: this staycationing will continue into next year as
0: well, into 2022.
1: Yeah, and if those numbers come down now by the 5th of March, which is the end of the current restrictions, please, please oh. we will be able to get out by um, maybe the the weekend before after Paddy's day.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? Again, all the fingers and toes crossed on that one as well. Right, let's move on to some communication. Peter Cody was on to me during Twitter. We were talking about the van build because I had the SQI coming this week and Peter asked on Twitter during the week if a teardrop trailer, which we spoke about, the Buckle wheel company that you did the interview with. And he was saying he's thinking of building a teardrop and what it needs to be SQI'd, an SQI inspection. So I did ask the inspector on Monday when he was down with me. No, they don't. The only thing that needs to be SQI'd, which is the inspection you need for revenue, is a motorised vehicle. So if you're building a caravan, they've got to be built to gas codes for insurance purposes if you insure a caravan, or if you're converting a horse box or building a teardrop, you do not need to get an SQI inspection. So thanks for that, Peter. I forwarded the message on to Peter after I was talking to Killian, my SQI guy, on Monday.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting one, all right, um, that uh, I wasn't aware now that there there it doesn't seem to be kind of a revenue i i suppose you probably don't tax them do you and uh, no because it's like a caravan and...
0: it's it's basically yeah, yeah. A, a fancy trailer or a, a step down from a caravan i mean you've seen them on buckle wheels are fabulous and the guys can build them sell them and i'm they, he did say the gas regulation you, but look you're better off getting a cert he said it's not necessary but you're better off on Now this is on a teardrop or a conversion of a trailer or a horse box but he said you know, it'll always be to your benefit to, to have a gas cert. Otherwise, no, he said it's not motorised. So he said there's no need for an SQI.
1: I think you also have a responsibility for the safety of yourself and other people who are staying in it, that you do have um, uh, something certified as well, you know, that you can kind of stand over, you know. but look, and he- um,
0: Even if you get an electrician friend, you know, do the electrics yourself because chances are it's 12 volt and probably only one socket. But then do get somebody with a bit of experience just to check things. But there's no harm in doing that, as you say, just to cover yourself.
1: You might remember last week's episode, Aaron. We had a mail from a listener who had a campervan um, in for repair, um, and it's coming on nearly a year now, the campervan is in. So he sent a follow up message, too. He says, Hi, Chris, thanks for the shout out last week's show. Really appreciate it, yourself and Aaron, digging into a problem and for the advice hope we don't end up having to go down the legal route but at the moment we're trying to get a response to an email sent 10 days ago uh, ago, so nothing has changed. He said let me know if any of your listeners have any insights um, as to anyone we could bring it to instead. Um, I actually went and bought the course from thevanconversion.com after Aaron's interview so there's always that. Thanks again so um, fingers crossed um, that listener will get sorted very soon and if you do have advice on anyone maybe in the Dublin area that's good at doing conversions and repairs you might pass it on to us and we'll pass it on to to this listener
0: if you're new to the podcast, if you just listen back to episode 93, you'll see what we're talking about regarding this uh, camper van that was left in for a repair over a year ago. But the best of luck to them. Um, if you remember also the interview of Shane from thevanconversion.com and I was saying, so what's the plan for the year? And he was saying that, you know, he lives in his converted Ford Transit van. He actually emailed me yesterday to say that he made it to Spain, but not with the van. And he's going to be spending the next three months where he said at the moment it was 33 degrees, a bit in the warm side. And he flew out on Saturday when we were well here in Carrick, where I am. We woke up to three inches of snow, which was fantastic. But he flew out on Saturday. He's hibernating for two weeks. He's cocooning for two weeks and he's going to stay down there for three months because he can obviously work remotely. But he was just on to say that he's getting a great response from the podcast interview.
1: Uh, wouldn't we all love to be uh, a, a sitting in the sun somewhere now for the next three months? Ideally <laughs> for on a the campsite somewhere. You know? Yeah, even yeah. for the next three days. We take that to move on to the the the, the campsite section. I suppose. Um, so we're not reviewing campsites. so You're currently um, tipping away at the van build, Aaron. How's that going? Yes, Monday, Cillian
0: O'Kineda, who is one of the SQI agents in Ireland, called out to the van to give it a go-through. They checked the gas, they checked the structure, they checked the electrical. They checked that everything is is to code and safe. And it passed, I'm glad to say. The van is far from finished, not far from finished. There's a lot of fiddly, time-consuming things. But for what's done, to have it classed as a motorhome, Is done. So the paperwork went off Tuesday to revenue. Within the next eight to 10 weeks, we get a bill and an evaluation of the ambulance as a motorhome. I pay that bill. And then within a few weeks, I have the logbook. But from the day I get the notification of the value and the cost, she is officially a motorhome. So within the next eight to 10 weeks, the ambulance will no longer be an ambulance.
1: And was there like a moment's attention there, Aaron, while you were waiting, watching him going through it? Or he, he, were you fairly no, confident that you had done no, like, everything
0: you needed? I was confident that I'd done everything I needed to to the best I could do it. However, the gas had me worried. And so I asked him, would he start with the gas? And that, he said, well, I have a routine. I said, look, Killian, just could you? There was a problem. To the extent that in your gas locker you must have dropout vents through the floor because gas is heavier than air so i had drilled 16 holes and put a grill over it and another 16 holes under the other bottle and put a grill over it he said that's fine but he would prefer a 50 mil hole because he said 16 th- there were 10 mil holes but they can get debris or paper can fall into them or dirt and block them whereas a 50 mil hole the chances of it being blocked so he said uh, it, while I'm doing this, if you want to just drill two fifty mil holes, I took out my hole saw, drilled two fifty mil holes, put the grill on them and that was the only thing he was very impressed with the build, um, did the paperwork, told me what to do, I had to take photographs of six of the interior, four
1: of the exterior, shook my hand, wished me the best of luck and off he went then to do another one. You mentioned um, you had to send off paper, could you maybe give us a quick idea of what sort of paperwork is required? oh, you have to send off your receipts
0: every, like you have to keep the receipts. Now, I knew this beforehand because I rang Killian when the the week we bought the ambulance and said, what do I need to do to code? And he said, first of all, keep every receipt because Revenue now have my paperwork. So what they have is they have the the receipts for everything from wood, screws, drill bits. He said, keep the receipts. And that totaled about €2,500 right down to the kitchen sink, Literally, and the fridge and the toilet. So I kept all the receipts. I had to number each receipt and then write it on a spreadsheet, outlining what each receipt is for. Because he said they won't have time to read the receipts, but they'd read a little summary of the receipts. So I did that. Uh, photocopy of oh, and they want the original receipts. That's photocopy down, of the yeah. logbook. Your usual name, address, pin, your 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 PRSI number, and all that. Um, Other paperwork then was his certification was three pages. And then I have to give them the total cost of the build, including the purchase of the van. Now, revenue will say, okay, so your man spent eight grand on this. Gosh, 2011, we reckon it's worth 20 grand as a resale of a motorhome. And I paid 13.3 percent on top of that. So it can be it's it's, he said it to me. He said, you're you're looking at at least 15 to 1600 euros.
1: It's because of all those bendy nails you've put in, is it? I think so. just, bill I think <laughs> it's just that it's such a such a, such a good build. Um, there
0: is one for sale. I think I mentioned this in last week's podcast. Mine is 2011 and there is three 2011s for sale on the market on one of these the, the deal type websites. And one is for sale for 22,000 euro. Now, it's finished as good as mine is going to be finished. I've still to do upholstery and curtains and stuff. But no, look, I was happy that uh, it passed. And the only thing he said, look, I'll pass it with those holes, but I would prefer two fifty mil holes. So I took out the hole saw, so cut two fifty mil holes, put the grills back over them, and everything was okay. Gas worked, electrics worked. The, the water pumped, the fridge was on, all the lights worked. He checked the structure of the... So, like, if you have to jam on that, my sliding table won't slide. He was very happy he signed it off. So, it's a waiting game now for the bill. And
1: then I've got okay. to break a piggy bank. Did it cost much to actually get the SQI part of it done?
0: Yeah, it's €150 Euro and an hour to an hour and a half. And I think it was well worth it. It's 150 quid well spent. Uh, which, he said, add that receipt to your receipts. You know, it's still a cost of yeah, the build. Yes, yeah. So very happy with it's that. It's kind of so, like a
1: quality mark, isn't it, really? It's like a you know, a stamp of quality yes. meets a certain standard.
0: Yes, it is. It is that. And then revenue will then put a value on the van and hit me with a bill. And then, as I say, I can ensure it. It officially is now a motorhome because he passed it. But, you, you know, you have to wait for the paperwork. But it is now officially
1: a motorhome. Okay, let's move on. So to the tips and camping hacks. You've added a section in this week, Aaron.
0: Yeah, I came across this. You know, Jim Hunter, the owner of Strand Camping in County Clare, he's he's great at giving us tips and giving us information and and, and chatting to us whenever we need be. And he has a fabulous campsite in, in uh, County Clare. He was on his Facebook and he has posted this on a few fa- Facebooks during the week about if you're thinking of booking a campsite for this year, indeed for any year, that there's a few things that, you might want to ask before committing yourself to booking so there's 12 points here so i think we, we'll go through them and they're very valid point and and like i said jim owns strand camping in county clare so this guy knows the answers to these questions and coming from this mouth, coming from the horse's mouth these are the type of questions he'd like to have people ask him when booking a pitch so we'll start off here one of the points he says If if the booking fully refundable, especially if restrictions aren't lifted. So if you're booking a campsite, a lot of them are either taking full payment or a down payment. And he said, one of the first questions you should ask is, is my booking fully refundable if the restrictions are not lifted by the weekend or the time I come camping?
1: Yeah, I think most campsites, from what I've seen, are giving people options so they can either get a refund, they can get a credit note or they can just postponed their stay for another time so sure, i think yeah. most people would be delighted with the choice of those you know another
0: thing that he said and this is a question that has come up umpteen times will the communal facilities showers and toilets be available for use or is the campsite only for people who are self-contained units for example motorhomes camper vans and caravans that have their own toilet facilities strand camping are opening their shower and toilet facilities uh, with restrictions, obviously, but still ask when you're booking at the showers and toilets, especially if you need them, if you're booking a tent.
1: Yeah, I think that will all come down to the COVID restrictions and what level of restriction we're in as well. Obviously, if we're in high restriction, people will have to be self-sufficient. I think that'll drive it. Uh, another one I see there is, um, you know, our campsites. um making people stay for a minimum duration it's always worth asking that as well just to make sure that um you book it for the, the full length you want
0: will the campsite have sufficient space for the numbers camping on site and has the campsite got a reputation for overcrowding or squeezing in extra people during the high season that is a question that you should be asking regardless of covid but that is because campsites will do it i mean they've, they've got a short season but definitely ask that question
1: Yeah, and I know Jim mentioned about um, checking the campsites to make sure they have um, good reputation, you know, for cleaning and hygiene. I think most uh, campsites are are probably going the extra mile now, um, which is great to ensure that they are. Like of all the campsites we were on last year, Mm -hmm. um, certainly they they were all uh, doing the extra bit, I think, to, to ensure safety of everybody.
0: And I suppose another thing you could do is, does the campsite come recommended by people you trust or have you stayed there before? Or do the review sites give the campsite a high rating? And of course, you can log on to campsitereview.com to find out, or look at the Charlie and me videos to find out how we, our personal opinion, rated the campsites. But that's a good one. Go on to campsite review type sites, the Yelps of this world and the TripAdvisors, and read reviews. And don't be afraid to ask on whatever Facebook group or WhatsApp group you're on as well.
1: Yeah and check out if the campsites have all the facilities and ameni- amenities that you're going to need and are you going to have to pay extra like for showers and hot water and washing up some charge for things and you know some of the, the better campsites then we'll, 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 we'll throw all of that in but just make sure that they do have the facilities and ameni- amenities that you're going to look for. Obviously if you're going in a tent you're going to need a, need a lot more facilities on site like um, kitchens and showers and, and, all, and fridges and freezers and all of that so just make sure that the campsite has what you need and what with Covid you could ask them will they allow day
0: visitors he went on to say that they didn't allow day visitors last year and nor will they this year, 2021 season, as we need to ensure that we can provide a full list of names and addresses for everyone who has been on site for the contact tracing purposes. But still ask the question, if you are booking, maybe family members are going to come down that weekend or during the week that you booked and say, are you allowing day visitors? I think again, what were the restrictions, the answer there will probably be no. But then again, if you're documented, it depends on each campsite. So ask, will they allow day visitors on site?
1: Yeah, and I think we as campers probably have a responsibility here as well, are not to be bringing visitors, not putting the campsite owners in the situation, you know, where they have to, if you're meeting somebody, meet them out in the town or on a beach mm-hmm. or somewhere nearby, rather than bringing them in on the campsite, I think it's putting campsite owners in an awkward position as well.
0: Yeah. We came across one thing last year in June when it opened, we were on a campsite and the uh, a family did come to visit and they were asked, the visiting family were asked to leave the site. I wouldn't say they were there 10 minutes when it was copped. So yeah. And like I say, this is from the horse's mouth. And as he said, they did not allow day visitors and they are not allowing day visitors. So definitely ask. And while you're asking, find out how far is the campsite from things you might want or you might need. For example, beach walks, cycling routes, shops, takeaways, restaurants, pubs and the likes. So make sure you ask if you're not familiar with the campsite. Just say, by the way, I need a following nearby just in case your play area, if you have children with you, make sure you ask that question
1: yeah and check also to see um how accessible your campsite is to the things nearby that you want to see you know will you be able to get to a beach or get to a town will you need to drive and move your camps your camper out and um, obviously if you're in a, a car or, or caravan you can leave that there but in a motorhome do you need to drive everywhere and um, that's something to, to consider as well before booking And, of course, access to the site itself, because, again,
0: two years ago when we were towing the smart car on the trailer, I got stuck on a bridge. There was a humpback bridge literally a couple of feet outside one of the campsites that we went to. And it was a real little small humpback. It was only over a stream and their trailer bottomed out on it. And I had to unhitch the trailer, take the car off, drive the camper over it, pull the trailer over with my hands, hitch it all back up. So, again, make sure what's access like if you don't know the campsite or if you've heard stories about the campsite, make sure you ask about that as well. And especially if you're towing something or you've got a bigger vehicle.
1: Yeah, and check finally that campsites, do they have like quiet times or arrival times and how heavily some of those are enforced as well. You know, if you're coming late, let the campsite know or if you need to come along early, uh, let them know as well but some campsites welcome kind of larger groups and some camp- campsites prefer uh, the quieter campers as well so just make sure you know what type of campsite you're heading to just a
0: couple of questions as i say from jim hunter the owner of strand camping in in county clare fabulous campsite he has down there a lot of the campsites have taken advantage of the closed time the lockdown to upgrade their campsites and i know jim has done quite a lot of work on site so if you do get a chance and start booking now ladies and gentlemen because campsites are going to fill up start booking
1: now but ask that first question about the refund just in case you do have to defer your booking. Big thanks as Aaron said to Jim and you might want to check out his own campsite he's uh, kind of he sets the bar very high Mm -hmm. uh, for other campsites in terms of what he offers as well and he does keep the numbers down to a, a very manageable level as well.
0: And I love his tagline because his tagline is because they, they have a motorhome themselves. And his tagline is Strand Camping doombeg a camper's campsite. I think that is hits the nail right in the head.
1: So, Arne, you spoke of doing a, a survey for us last week. Do you want to tell us about that?
0: Yes, we mentioned last week that on multimedia and I got one or two emails, people were saying... That there's a massive hike in the prices of the camping from the Camping Ireland book 2021, which came out about a week or 10 days ago. So, of course, I mentioned it to Deirdre and Deirdre's one for surveys. So we spent all day Sunday, myself and Deirdre, going through the 2020 and 2021 Camping Ireland book comparing the prices from last year now first of all I'll tell you I was on to Con Quill who is the chairman of Camping Ireland I was on to him via email Their website has been updated because a few people said it wasn't because there are price hikes and also the Camping Ireland app has been updated and it's a free update so if you use that on your phone just check it out and update so I'm going to give you a few stats Chris first of all there are 91 campsites in this book. Remember, this is just the Camping Ireland book. There are hundreds of campsites in Ireland, but this is the one recommended by Camping Ireland. Now, from last year, 2020 and 2021, five campsites have left the book. Dunmore East in Waterford, Morris Castle in Wexford, Connemara Camping in Galway, Knock in Mayo and Dungannon in Tyrone. They are no longer in the 2021 book for whatever reason. Something that benefits us or is important to us, there are six of the 91 campsites do not allow dogs. The Apple Farm in Tipperary, although if you ask, sometimes that rule can be bent. Eagle Point and Cork don't. Barley Cove and Cork don't. Green Acres in Kerry, no dogs allowed. Westport House in Mayo, no dogs allowed. And Renville in Galway, <clears throat> excuse me. again, if you ask, depending on the breed, they are prepared to bend that rule. Now, remember, there are 91 sites and here is the breakdown. Some of the sites have increased in price, but some of the sites in lieu of that have dropped the charge for electricity. So of the 91 sites, two of them have dropped their prices totally. No increase whatsoever. In fact, there's a reduction. 41 sites have no increase whatsoever. They're the same price as last year. 11 sites have increased this is just the low season okay 11 sites have increased by 1 euro one by 125 16 have increased by 2 euro per night eight have increased by 3 euro four by 4 euro seven campsites have increased their tariffs by 5 euro per night and one by 6 euro in low season in the high season the same two campsites have dropped their prices 37 in the high season have not increased their prices 12 have increased by 1 euro 1 by 125 per night 19 have increased by 2 euro 12 have increased by 3 euro 2 have increased by 4 euro five have increased by five euro. And again, one has increased by six euro in the high season. But remember, there are two or three campsites have dropped the charge for electricity. So they could be the likes of the ones that have only gone up by one euro. They might have gone up by five euro a night, but they've stopped charging the four euro for electricity. So hence, they've only gone up by one euro. So we did those stats, we went through it. Not the big hike that people were saying that's on social media. I feel 41 have stayed the same, and the most increase was 16 at €2 in low season and 19 at €2 in high season. That's not a big hike, and that's what I got from social media, that there was a big hike difference in the two books.
1: Uh, did you, you just look at kind of the basic units, did you look at um, in terms of extras I find I, I suppose where the costs add up for us or for the extras when you start adding kids in and, uh, and dogs and, and, and all of that, was there many extra charges say, for more people and things like that? No, we did take a look at that,
0: but it's not on the graph. Now, thankfully, that is something that if people want us to look into, I can look into. We we looked just in general, but we didn't we didn't graph it. What has happened is that it's mainly the nightly rate. The unit and two adults rate has gone yeah. up. The unit and four adults rate has gone up the, the unit two adults and two children has gone up, but the price for the children are still three fifty a night or whatever. So it's the basic rate for a unit and two adults is gone up. But as I say, only 16 by two euro one by six euro i'm not going to mention that one but i wasn't surprised when i saw that
1: um
0: but but let's look at the plus right high season 37 of the 91
1: campsites have not upped their price in the last few years so, yeah, I don't think there's anything unreasonable there I think um, it, it all seems great like There's all, obviously the, the ones or one or two people that put the price up a good bit And then there's the couple that put the price down So I think it kind of it flattens itself out If you kind of put them together really, you know
0: Yeah, my bigger beef would be the people Let's go back to last year when, the, when we got camping in June The people who still charge €25 Euro a night but close the facilities the, I'd have a bigger beef with that than people who have upped the price this year because the numbers aren't big. 19 in high season, 16 in low season of a two euro. But my beef was you stay in a campsite last year and only motorhomes can stay in it and it's still 25 euro a night, or in your case, you know, we'd say the 32 euro a night. And yet the shares of facilities, which I know we have on board, but we would use them normally if we're on site. That was my big gripe for last year. Whereas these
1: prices aren't big increases. Yeah, and I suppose, look, um, the only way to, to, to change things like that is to vote with your feet. If you're not happy with a particular campsite um, and and how they behave, you know, just don't go back there and tell your friends about it as well, really, you know. And if you're on the opposite side, I think we're, we're good to give out about campsites as well when we're sitting around chatting at campsites. But I think it's also really important that if we have a great experience at campsites, that we also tell as many people about how time. good a campsite is, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as I say now, I just we we just it's the same when I'm doing the Charlie and me videos. It's usually just an adult and two because it'd be myself, Deirdre, and Charlie. But we do look for the prices for we take the average family of two or three children. But it hasn't, no, the individual prices haven't gone up for the extra parent or the extra adult or the extra child. But a lot of them have dropped the electricity. Um, showers are still there for a few of them, and as I say, there's six of them don't allow dogs. But thank you to Deirdre because we we gave up our, our Sunday morning and afternoon just to go through that. If there's anything you want to know, we we have all the stats now. We have all the books. I'll gladly sit down again some afternoon and and answer questions. If you do want to know how many have upped the price, but from glancing. There were none, I'm going to say there were none that upped the individual price of a person, a child, or a car, or an extra, but a lot of them had dropped a few things like the
1: awning and mainly electricity. Yeah, I think that'd be great now to, to fill up all those campsites as early as we can this year and just to, to get out, you know, and trying to plan a, a few dates and, and holidays itself for the year now as well. But it's real, it's, it's hard to know how late to kind yeah. of push it out as well, like, you know. Like it's grass. I just said, hey,
0: people, start booking now after we did the the gym piece there. And yet I haven't booked anything. for you Now I know I've been busy, but it still only takes an hour to pick up the phone and, and you know, book, I think this time last year we actually had, no, it wasn't this time last year, it was, it was March, just before COVID kicked in, that we booked our two weeks holidays for July and August. But yeah, you need to start looking at, um, and again, go on to campsartreview.com or go on to Charlie Mead. me, look at the videos. Um, membership on Charlie and me subscriptions have increased drastically since Christmas with a lot of new people joining Facebook groups and websites. So we really do appreciate that. Anyway, listen, that just about wraps up what did I
1: say? Episode 94, Chris, We're heading for 100. That's it, getting close now. We'll have to have a big virtual party. So, um, Uh, i know we'll try and do something a little bit different for that episode maybe what we might even do if we can is have some sort of a live stream or something and record it i'm not sure we'll have a a chat about that kind of in the background and we'll we'll try and work something special out for the hundred episode
0: it would possibly be great to do some kind of zoom with maybe the top 10 listeners or the people who have who let let 10 people nominate themselves and we'll do it on a, the YouTube channel and then also put the audio grabs up here but yeah I think for number 100 we're going to have to do something but you guys have to get in touch with us tell us what you want us to look into do you want me to do more in-depth look at the Camping Ireland 2021 books we will gladly do it for you if you would like to get yourself a sticker we still have them for your motorhome your caravan your car your campervan just send us your name and address and your area code and please do get in touch with us with your messages your ideas campsite suggestions, reviews, product reviews, or any news item you would like us to discuss
1: on the podcast. But to do that, you need contact details. And here's contact Chris. To get in touch with us, you can email us. The email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at The Camping Crew. On Instagram, we're at The Camping Crew Podcast. You'll find us in Facebook and all the good motorhome caravan and camping groups on forums you'll find us on motorhomecrack.com and on boards.ie We mentioned earlier on campsitereview.com is our sister website we have a free
0: forum there it'll always be free go on and please do review campsites or products or just read the ones that are there and every Friday and some Wednesdays youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me our camping vlog we're in the middle of the van build with thanks to Gary's glue Uh, video went up this morning by the way it was the wiring of our 220 volts sockets I can't remember what's going up this Friday but tonight we record this on Wednesday evening, the 27th of January. Tonight at 8pm, there's a short video going live after the podcast of the stats I just gave you, showing the graphs of the comparison on prices from the 2020 to the 2021 Camping Ireland book. That goes live at 8 o'clock this evening in around the same time as this podcast that is it please God let's keep all the fingers crossed and pray to whoever you pray to to start getting the numbers down so restrictions can be lifted and even if it is after Paddy's weekend we can get out and do a bit of camping stay safe in the meantime until
1: we chat to you again next week thanks for joining us yeah and it's goodbye for myself as well and if you're enjoying the podcast don't forget to tell your camping friends all about us
0: well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping